Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status is the only K-12 data analytics platform designed to turn analysis into engagement. To learn more about how School Status can change your school district, head over to schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, Episode 61, and I'm your host, Nick Ortigo. Does LeBron James have the secret formula to turn around an at-risk school? And Target offered a big discount to teachers needing school supplies. But how did we get here? Stay with us. Class Dismissed is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each week, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This week, what one group of teachers is doing to stop the summer slide. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortigo here, and I'm joined by teacher extraordinaire, Lissa Pruitt. Lissa, how you doing? Whew, I'm great. You're, you're wooing because... Today was my... First day back to school, number one. Back to day. school. And so and so for those that don't know, you have taught for 15 years, yeah, I guess. Yeah, something like that. I'm kind of throwing yeah. out a number. and um, But you weren't in a public school classroom for the past year. Seven. Well, for the past seven years. Well, yeah, you did private school for That's six right. years. And then the past year, you've been focusing on your business. That's right. And you're now you're jumping back in to the public school classroom. So, That's right. So what's happening is, and I'm sure there's somebody listening <laughs> who is sympathetic to this, you're being treated like you're a new teacher. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> like a brand spanking like out of the you don't game. know what you're, like, like, they're like in this... In your group, where there are like kids right fresh out of college with you? Yes. Yeah. Bless uh, at the last week at the we might have a whole new topic teacher right yeah here. at the new teacher orientation last week I was standing in the lunch line next to a cute little young lady she's super bubbly and so she asked what I was going to be teaching I said second and third grade art and then I said well what are you going to be teaching and she said well I just graduated from college and I was like oh wonderful well what will you be teaching and she said kindergarten. And I, Nick, I couldn't think of anything to say. Like, <laughs> I just like a calm, like silence just fell across the land. And well, what's I was wrong just, with that? I don't get well, it. Because she's going to get eaten for lunch. Yeah, like, she... like I just what I really wanted to say is you're going to have such a bad year, but but hang in there. Like you're going to feel like there's never an end, but hang in there. But I, I didn't want to say it's any kid, of that. It's kindergarten so that bad. You've done second grade, fifth grade. Eighth grade math, algebra, right? Like, am yes. I getting this right? And then, and then art to all and grades. Gifted, you've done gifted for gifted ed, yeah. Yep. So, gifted to all. But you've well, never done kindergarten. Gifted second through six, and then I've done kindergarten art. Whoa, whoa! Don't say I've never done kindergarten. I'm not saying you hadn't. But I've only had them for one hour, and I'm happy for them to go back. I didn't, I didn't realize the kindergarten was that hard. I didn't know. I just thought they were so uh, innocent. They're so cute. Yeah, but yeah. But they're like little monsters. Well, I mean, so somebody who works at the local preschool must go through the same thing, right? Yeah, except for that they have smaller classes sizes and assistance and so when you get to kindergarten you have a little bit bigger class size and assistance but it's still just it's it's a lot yeah they're it they're a lot i could never be a kindergarten teacher all day so right now this whole experience is like you're like the non-traditional student at a university yeah is that kind of what it feels like i felt like that that's funny you said that i did because they kept referring to us as newbies yeah and i kept trying not to get offended because like i'm not new i'm not new i'm not new but i am new your own podcast i mean come on yeah yeah but i am oh well that was funny too is when i was in orientation school status came in to speak and like i perked up because i was like oh these are my people i know these people but then i realized they don't know me. This guy from school status doesn't well, he, know me. Well, he was me. new, right? He was a new guy. Well, I, think he was I a did new trainer. go introduce myself, and he said that he 
listens to me, but of course he didn't know who I was or anything. But then I got kind of scared that they were going to announce it to everybody. Like, hey well, guys, well, listen. They usually do because I was I was doing some video work um, <laughs> over at uh, in, in uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, and Tyler, the, the trainer who's been on the show, if, you, if you're a frequent listener, he mentioned the podcast uh, to like a room of like 100 principals. It's like, thanks, Tyler. So yeah, you might have... Had Jay yeah. known, had Jay put two and two together, he's just new. He hasn't connected all the dots yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I saw a lot of school status names in his examples. He had like little kid names, you know, he had kid names in the class showing us how to use, the product, you know, yeah. the product. Yeah. And like how to translate into Spanish when you're speaking with, you know, parents and things. And it was cool, but it was like all the names were people I've met from school status. Right. I was like, yeah. these are not real people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to have fake data for, you yes. know. Purple reasons and stuff like that. All right. Well, we're we're like went down a rabbit hole. So why don't we jump into the uh, the teachers' lounge? Have you found the teachers' lounge? Is there a teachers' lounge at the school? I saw one today. Yeah, I passed okay. by it. I kind of like looked in there. All right. I was too nervous to go in there. There were teachers in there, but I was I'm like don't know that many people, you know. Yeah. So I'm just nervous. I'm just laying low. I'm okay. laying low. All right. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe they'll listen to the podcast and be like, oh, we need to make friends with her. <laughs> That would be kind of fun. Yeah, like today everybody broke for lunch, and I was like, all right. <laughs> what do you mean? Like you said all right? Well, like we like were verbally? free for lunch. So everybody was like rushing to their cars to go meet up at their Mexican restaurant or whatever. Oh, and no one invited you anywhere. Right. Oh, yeah, well, because I'm new, and I'm like removed up on the hill. But what's wrong with these people? Don't they see this happen to students at lunch every day? I like, think they just weren't thinking. They are in. Is, they were in their network of pods, you know, yeah. like were they, these are the teachers. You mean click? They, no, it's pods where they plan and <laughs> stuff with these same teachers. And right. and so we just had an hour, and so they had a plan. And I'm yeah. I'm like up on a hill removed from a separate building. They're not thinking of me yet. Okay. They will be, though. Yeah, when they need some something <laughs> drawn or painted in their classroom. It's okay. I brought my lunch. I was prepared. There you go. Oh, man, this is sad. All right, jump, jump into the teacher's lounge, even though there's no one there. Okay, well, what about LeBron James's new school? Good. I mean, I'm glad you're doing this because I really don't know a whole lot about it, but I've seen like there's some buzz. And is this, well, is this I mean, like Bill Gates throwing money at a school or what, what do we have here? No, I mean, it's very different. It's interesting because it makes you think that it's like it's a private school or a charter school, but no, it's a public school. Okay. It's a public school, but they're starting with third and fourth grade. Akron, Ohio, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's third and fourth grade, which is interesting because a lot of times when you start a new school, you start kindergarten. You know, and then you add as you as your students age up. But they're starting in third and fourth and they're you know, the focus is to for struggling students in underprivileged areas. And they're very non traditional. They have a longer school day. Um, the teachers are there on campus longer. It's not, you know, seven to two. Um, so therefore the kids are not unattended after school, mm. like technically after school, you know, right, they're there right. having homework help. They also have like a meal prep th- thing kind of in the science realm where they're, um, helping them with, with responsibilities at home that sadly, you know, do mm. fall on these children's shoulders there. They have, um, counselors there. Did I see something about like parents somehow getting tied into this? Yes, the parents have, there's like career center there for parents. For parents. And to help parents get their GED. That's cool. So there's there's classes, there's courses there for the I parents mean, to take. That's thinking pretty big. It is. You know, like this every is- child gets a bike on their first day um, because LeBron said that he, that's how he escaped his um, 
not safe areas, yeah. he would just get on his bike and ride to other areas and explore other yeah. areas. So they have bikes. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, but what was interesting is, you know, a lot of times when I, I'm sure everybody does this, but like when you read about one thing, then you read a different article and another article. Mm-hmm. And so like I kept spinning into different articles, but they interviewed this one mom that said that like when they came to talk to her about moving her daughter there, that she was like, no, I'm not going to move my daughter to that school just because a basketball player decided to make a school. Like she was like negative about it. But then she said, based on like things that she's heard and seen, you know, that she's like, okay, we're, we're, we're excited. And they're, you know, supposed to have pretty good reports. And I think I, well, you I think also have pretty good reports. Like as far as like what they're going to be able to do as far as achievement. Okay. Um, they're definitely doing I mean, more of this, a STEM is, approach. Is this a new idea or is this like LeBron putting his head together with educators and coming up with this? Like, Well, they, I think they're being more competitive with teachers. So th- some of their teacher packages, you know, are definitely going to make them the competitive school that teachers want to teach at based on the packages that are offered for teachers. Right. Um, so there's things like that, support staff. Um, there are things that are funded by businesses. So he's, it's a community involvement kind of thing which is great i'll play the the cynic you know it's like we we watch we watch people you know come in and and do these initiatives and everyone's real excited about them out the gate but it sounds like you there really is some thought here and to a whole student approach and a whole family approach like i think right a family approach that's pretty cool i I gotta give credit to that i hope it works out you know i think that's their motto is we are a family and they have year-round school that's another thing that is a little different because I think their whole basis is we're helping raise these children. Their parents are doing all they can to raise, you know, to, to earn money for their yeah. family. But we've got a responsibility in that, too. Yeah. So um, they have, you know, this whole school motto. I know that they're, uh, there was something I was reading about how they're going to have to get to a lottery. Like they can take a certain amount based on second grade test scores. And then after that, it's a lottery of who can who can go. And then next year, they're going to add second grade and fifth grade because there's third and fourth there now. So they're gonna they're gonna add a grade below and a grade above next year. I, I know there's LeBron haters out there, but I'll say this: here's a guy who went straight from high school to the NBA when he was in high school. The, remember the NBA lottery? It was like called the LeBron lottery, the NBA lottery <laughs> that year. Like, I mean, there was so much hype. And so much expectation for one person, I really can't compare it to maybe Michael Phelps going into Olympics or something like that. And somehow he has kept a good head on his shoulders through all of this. The only controversy that really sticks out of my mind is when, when he, he switched moved. teams. When he moved, he right? That's teams. all. That's the only there, thing that sticks out. Think about out. all the controversies that happened in sports and the fact that oh, yeah. he's managed this so well. I think he's. I think he has his friends still working for him, like in terms of a business sense. Still managed well. I just, I mean, you got to give him credit, and and I hope I hope the school works out. Well, we spoke about this before when we talked about Chance the Rapper and how he was giving back to his community, mm-hmm. and he wasn't just throwing money around. He really was setting true things in motion from administration to teachers to families to community to libraries, and I think that this is. Uh, very similar, yeah. you know. I mean, yes, he's doing it with one school instead of spreading it out ab- among administrators and other schools. But 
Um, I think this is like what I, the way I view it is this is like a pilot and people are watching and the question is, will it be a model? Exactly. And I think he, I think he hopes it's going to be a model and I think he knows the world's watching and he's like, watch me. Then, then hopefully it will trickle into tons of places. Right. No doubt. Um, so school supplies, I saw that, uh, target, uh, you know, the retail center, um, I think it was last week. I think this is done, so I don't want to get anyone excited. But yeah, they basically had this this thing where they were offering like a fifteen percent discount to all teachers. You had to verify that you were a teacher, mm-hmm. um, which is great. You know, awesome. Target was doing that. But I say that to say, how did we get here? Like, how did we get here to where a retail center is having to subsidize teachers? When did this happen? When I was in growing up in the eighties, were my teachers dropping? How much did you drop if you don't mind sharing on your classroom? Oh, gosh, this year, don't ask. Yeah, that's uh-uh. the first one back, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a grand. So much, yes, and yeah. it, especially this time of year. And and I, I have to say, though, if I think back, probably they did. Yeah. They probably always have, and it's just gotten worse, you know, yep. because our schools are bigger, more kids, more, you know. Y'all, of, y'all don't be mad at me if you're listening to this and you're a teacher, because and, and, I know how hard it is to do this, but do you think you could have done this on a like you want your classroom to be awesome like so right. you don't do anything um halfway and no. so it's going to cost more but yes. could you have done it to where you got by and what would that have cost if your classroom was just okay okay well here's what i have to say about that yeah guys it, it, everyone listening if you're a teacher you really have to rethink the the, the design and function of your classroom and the way it looks. Um, because if it looks the same as it did the year before, then, and they happen to have seen that class the year before, there is no spark. Like they want to come in and say, whoa, yeah. even if it's things are in a different place or whatever. So could we, could I have made the impact in my classroom, just the one that I'm in now, without money and it's still gone the same way? No, no. But I, but I, do say, don't be afraid to ask. Like, I, the paint that I rolled my walls with was donated, and yeah. I asked. Right. And and so, don't be afraid to ask for things. Don't be afraid to try something new, even if it's just painting. You know, a, like a lot of the rooms in our school are this beigey yellow color, khaki, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, it's just not very. <laughs> you know, inspiring. Yeah. And so any, even if it's a pale blue or something, you know, totally do something, even if it's just one wall, right. um, do something to make it look different. A lot of teachers at my new school today, they were all talking about doing the alternative seating and things. And that's wonderful because, but again, you can't do that without a little money or somebody giving you right. something. Um, I mean, is but, there a district in the, in the whole country that like gives a budget, like here's 250 bucks. For your class, like, is that a thing anywhere? Well, I mean, I, it would know? be, I, I have to say, if anyone from Target is listening, that would be a wonderful thing to do yeah. for new teachers to a cam- campus because whoever's classroom they're moving into had stuff already set up, but a lot of it was their personal stuff that they bought with their own money. Yeah. So they take it with them when they leave. So when you walk into your new classroom, even if you're like me and you've been teaching for 13 years, it doesn't matter. You're starting with bare bones. Right. So if Target or someplace like that wanted to offer incentives for tell us who your new teachers are on campus, we're going to give them a gift card so that they can yeah. put it towards 
the just aesthetics of the classroom. But that'd be great, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a, because it is. It's like a bigger uphill climb. Um, and then, you know, my other friend yesterday was talking to me. She was in Walmart while people were shopping because we're, we're we're back to school right now down here. So um, Yeah, we start next week. The kids do. Yeah. The teachers are back. But, yeah, everybody's yeah. school supply shopping this week. And so she was in Walmart picking up supplies for her classroom. She's an English teacher. And they actually had her list. Like they had her school supply list. And she they didn't know her, you know, and yeah. whatever, but they they were reading out loud the things on the list and w- they were like post-it notes that's for the teacher i'm not getting it oh man expo markers i'm going to go ahead and mark that Jeez. off too because i'm not getting it yeah that's for the teacher i'm only getting stuff that my child's going to use which is i know that that's not the norm i know not yeah. everybody does that but um i just feel like the frustration <laughs> i i get the frustration of the parents too but the yeah. frustration shouldn't be directed towards the teacher because yeah. the teacher's going to have to dig into her pocket. Right. Let's let's keep keep in mind that right. it's a it's a call it a tax situation, a school district situation. I don't know who to point the finger at, but the teacher shouldn't get the blame. Yeah, but school supplies are as old as time. You've always brought your yeah. own trap. I mean, that, those trapper keepers. Let's bring them back. Right. I love them. Yeah. So, so I mean, you can't say, oh, you know. But she does require post-it notes because she they annotate and things in, in English or whatever. Right. So those those other side of the brain people. So that is a school supply, and right. they do use it. And she was like, you know, the expo markers, it's not like I'm writing it on the board because I need to know it. I'm writing it on the board because they need to know it. And so yeah. it just kind of, it was, inter- she was a little deflated. and um, But yeah, I mean, school supplies. So, so she didn't like address no, these people. No, she just went about. Man. She was there getting supplies for her classroom and for her child. I yeah. mean, she was she was, had somebody else's school supply list. You know, yeah. A lot of people that's, forget that that teachers a, have kids, and kids, we're buying yeah. our own school supplies too. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Well, yeah, I mean, so I didn't I didn't point out the Target thing to I don't I'm not even doing it to applaud Target. I mean, it's great that Target is doing it, but at the end of the day, Target knows what they're doing. From a business standpoint, they're going to bring in more teachers who are going to spend money and yeah, they got a 15% discount, but they're still going to make money. You know. Michael's Craft Store, you can get a discount any day of the year for any purchase. If, if you show your teacher ID. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like you go to places if you're a firefighter or a policeman, you get yes. a discount. It should be that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wonder if like if a restaurant started doing that or something like that, if that would would take off, would catch on, so to speak. But Yeah, like instead of ladies' night, like teacher's night, half hey, drinks. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That, Especially that's, on the first Friday of school. Like right. at the end of the first week of school. You might be on to something, Teacher's night. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because in the book that we highlighted on the episode last week that Roxana Eldon wrote, uh, there was like – they were all like looking forward to the night where they all met up for a happy hour or wherever it yeah. was, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> I might need to talk to some folks about that. All right. Well, are you uh, ready for the uh, Bright Idea? Yeah. Our guest in today's Bright Idea segment is one of the members of Books on Bikes out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Kelly Kaiser and her educator friends have come up with a creative way to motivate students to read in the summer. And she's here to share that with us. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. First off, give me a quick overview of what you all do and and so our listeners understand what's going on here. Sure. Books on Bikes is an outreach program, a literacy outreach program, where we bring books to our students in their neighborhoods when our school libraries are closed. We deliver the books on bikes, and we also bring Freezy Pops to kind of help draw the kids in. 
Um, and it's a way for us to keep kids reading over the summer when they're not in school. So how do you get the kids' attention? I mean, you know, we know how kids are nowadays. They're often inside their house playing Xbox or looking at their iPhone. How do you even get them outside as you're riding by oh, with these bikes? This is the best part. So we have horns and bells and um, all sorts of little contraptions on our bikes. So we ring our bells and honk our horns and shout out, Books on Bikes is here, and the kids just come running. It's amazing. You know, I've seen some of the videos on YouTube, and to be quite honest, you guys kind of look like the ice cream man. It really does look like that. Like, there really are kids just everywhere. And these bikes aren't normal bikes. Explain to me what you guys had to do, because books are heavy, right? They are. They are. So we partnered up with a local bike shop called Blue, Blue Wheel Bicycles, and they were able to help us get cargo bikes. So we did some fundraising for that, and we purchased three cargo bikes that then a friend of our Books on Bikes team was able to build some shelving on the back of. That way we could house our books on the back and, um, you know, take them on a bike that's able to carry the load of the books. I think that is so cool. I've heard of the little libraries, you know, that communities mm-hmm. have set up, you know, where you can take a book, leave a book. But this is so much more interactive. You know, all the kids are getting excited all at the same time. And I'm sure you guys probably, you know, have learned a lot about what's the going book these days. I mean, are there definitely some, sometimes I know in in my classroom, there's almost a brawl over who gets the book next. There is. So when we go to the neighborhoods, the kids make requests and they tell us which books from the bikes they really love and which they want more of. And so we try to accommodate that week by week by purchasing, you know, they love graphic novels or certain novel series or um, certain characters, book characters that they love. So we try to stock our bikes with what they're interested in. How many, how many drivers do you guys have right now? Well, it depends. Some nights we have two or three and some nights we have four to five to maybe even six teachers who will come with us and ride the bikes. And then we also have a couple teachers who go in cars because we take a therapy dog with us. Um, So we have teachers in cars as well. Do you um, actually just give them the book or do you guys pick them up later? How's that work? The the books are for the students to keep and to help build up their home library. So we get lots of book donations from private donations to um, groups that will do book drives for us. And then we also purchase some new titles with with funds that we fundraised for. And then we're able to give those to the kids and they're able to build their home library. Do you have a a moment that sticks out in your mind where maybe you you really feel like you connected with a child in this process? Oh, definitely. So I've seen students that I've already taught and then I've met students that I haven't taught yet in the course of doing books on bikes. And sometimes they'll say, I know you, you're the third grade teacher. I hope I have you next year. And then I really like to sit down with that child and read a book with them and get to know them. Because even if they're not in my class, they're going to be in my grade level at my school. And we get to start building that relationship over the summer where there's not the academic pressure of the school year. I mean, and let's be honest, you've, you've got some major street cred, probably. You guys rolling <laughs> in with your bikes and your bells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they love it. And when we go back to school, a lot of times we'll say, you're the books on bikes lady. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's and so, so that's awesome. a great feeling to build that relationship with them. That's yeah. really cute. You know, you guys have been doing this for about three years. We've actually, this is our fifth summer doing it. Fifth. Okay. So, so how has it yeah. grown from start to finish? Oh, great question. We, the first summer we did not have bikes. So we were just starting, this idea was forming, 
and we took our books around in a little red wagon. And, and that was great. The kids loved it. They followed us around in like a little parade after our wagon. And then the second year, we were able to fundraise and get our bikes. Um, and then we started noticing teachers, more teachers getting involved. So it started off with just three of us. And now it's grown. Our organization has six kind of permanent members and then tons of volunteers that come. So we've seen a lot more involvement from teachers, principals, librarians. Um, and we also have added neighborhoods each year that we go to. So we add more routes and get to see more kids. That is so awesome. Have you heard? Of, I mean, I'm sure this is around your area spreading. It's about to really spread once this podcast hit, hits. But so are you, I mean, are you hearing that you're kind of inspiring others? Yeah. So we um, got to present at the uh, the library conference last year and we had, we explained how we came up with the idea and what we did and how we made it possible. And from that, we had two or three chapters kind of start from that. So we have people in Wisconsin and other areas in Virginia who are kind of picking up on this idea. And each summer we get emails from different places of how can they start this and how can they do this with their school. And that's awesome because we want as many people to do it as possible. You're watching it grow and end up in different areas. Like if somebody's listening to this and they want to, to do this, what type of cost does it take? And how did you well, raise the money? Yeah, so it for the cargo bikes... They were probably, oh gosh, maybe about $1,000 each. And then that's really the major cost. The other cost, um, our books are mostly donated. We, we bring freeze pops. They don't cost a whole lot. <laughs> um, and all the time and energy is volunteer-based. So that's you know not an expense at all. So we found that once we initially fundraised, we did a Kickstarter campaign. And we raised $5,000 to buy the bikes. And once we've done that, the program is pretty sustainable on its own, which makes it great because instead of spending time working on fundraising, we're able to spend the time giving the books to the kids and spend more time in their neighborhoods. So your target's children, but mm-hmm. do adults want books as well? Do you, do you come across that? We do. So we carry books from uh, infant age to adult age. We try to put a couple adult books on each night. And we do have adults that request books for themselves, and it's great because we can reach readers of all ages. Right, and and if you have an adult in the the home that's modeling reading, and it, you know reading's an interest to them, then it's just going to spread. Exactly. So, if somebody wants to kind of see what you guys are doing, so they can continue to cultivate this idea, is there a website or a way to contact you guys? Yeah, so our website is booksonbikescville.org, and we have information there about what we do. We have videos that show what we do, and we also have ways that you can start on your own. Um, we have an email address there. Um, I believe it's info at booksonbikescville.org that you can write, and we can give you even some more tips about getting started, share the logo with you, share our bookmarks. That way you can have everything you need to get started. All right, Kelly. Well, look, you guys are doing amazing work, um, and this is just a phenomenal way to reach out to children in the community, and and hopefully people are listening and and they can duplicate what you guys are doing maybe in their community around the country. Uh, We really appreciate you uh, talking to us. Thanks so much. We appreciate you having us. Are you ready for our pop quiz? Ready. (laughs) All right. If students could only go to school for one subject, which subject would it be? Well, reading, of course. (laughs) So I think reading definitely opens up 
uh, a whole world to children. So when they, they can read about any subject that they're interested in, any subject that they're passionate about. So once we can teach a child to read and love to read, that opens up any any interest or any subject area to them. So I think reading is definitely the most important. What are we not teaching in school that we should be teaching? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I love the art. And so I would love to see more art time, more music time, more dance time in school. Um, Charlottesville City Schools does a little bit of this, but I think there's always room for more of that. Lissa's an art teacher, so she's (laughs) in agreement with you. Um, What does every child deserve? A loving, safe environment, whether that be at home or at school or in their community, um, somewhere that they can feel safe safe and loved and allowed to grow. What's the biggest challenge for today's educators? I think our biggest challenge is probably, oh, let's see, technology (laughs) and kind of how to use it appropriately in the classroom and also um, how to show students to step away from it and socialize outside of it and just use it as a tool. What do you think the best gift is to give an educator? Oh, Um, I think your participation. So one of the best gifts that I got this year was I finally had a room mom. I never had one before. And I will say that was probably the best thing anyone has ever done for me. That's good. Uh, What career path would you have taken uh, if you couldn't be in education? Oh, probably nursing. (laughs) Um, I like to help people and care for people. So I think that that was probably second on my list. What teacher changed your life? I had a phenomenal sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Reed, who had a huge enthusiasm for learning and she used to sing songs and come up with rhymes and she made learning just fun and amazing and I think she was really inspiring to me as I decided to make um, teaching my own career. Do you like to buy the school lunch or bring your own? I bring my own. (laughs) And I guess you don't want to tell us why. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What What do you like to do on your planning period? How do you use your time? Uh, I love to work with my team. So I work with three excellent um, third grade teachers at my school, and I love to work with them and come up with ideas and come up with games for the kids. And then, of course, I love the social aspect of being part of a team and uh, just having people you can rely on and spend good time with. And last question, pen or pencil? Pencil. <laughs> Pencil. We have to have room for mistakes. So I love having a pencil and an eraser because it allows me to think clearly. And then if I make a mistake, I can just erase and, and start over. All right, Kelly. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Great. Thanks so much, Nick and Lisa. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. We want to hear from you, so if you want to send us an idea or a comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com. We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So if you like what you heard today, please be sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'd also love it if you'd leave us a five-star review. Don't forget you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash classdismissedpodcast or on Twitter. Just search for us by typing in Class Dismiss. On behalf of Russ with School Status and Lissa representing all the teachers out there, I'm Nick Ortega. Go and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed.